Instagram is giving you real boomer energy. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what is going on with all this technology, man? Uh, five, four, three. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 67 of Cali Brick Click. And like always, before we get right into it, you can find every single episode in our previous episodes. I think are the same redundant phrase. And anywhere you find your podcast, Spotify, iHeart, Apple Podcasts, and where have you. Oh, and also on YouTube. And like hey. always, we have Ninja with the Bricks. Yeah, yeah, I made it. We, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, he had us going an hour later. Claire, the Plastic <laughs> Architect. Hey. And once again, we are bringing Dan back to Cali Brick Click, but this time his first time actually on the channel. The last time he was on here, we had these episodes kind of scattered amongst ourselves. So now that we've all brought everything together, which most of you don't know any difference, welcome back, Dan. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so um, before we get into Dan, how's everyone doing these past couple of days? Because we kind of filmed late last time. <laughs> it's only been a couple of days since we saw each other. Yeah, it's only been like two days. Good. I know. Yeah. Good, well, Claire, we did a little bit of traveling as always. She's back. Mm-hmm. We as went, always. Went, went and saw a friend of ours in um, in like Central California and saw like oh. the big sequoias, which are really beautiful, and then um, organized his Lego room. So, yeah, and we're traveling a uh, <laughs> traveling service. You can uh, you can hire us for. I'm oh. sure that should be a video amongst himself. Like <laughs> we did not film any of it because it was fun and we we're just having a good time. But we we do get paid in. Um, uh, retired Indiana Jones Lego sets. Like which ones? No, no, no. Uh, he give he we he actually gave us a couple of those gifts. Um, oh, like last pre- time? Pre- previously, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So no, this is no, an no. ode ode favor. He bought, it, he bought us dinner. He bought us dinner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fair. I mean, that's he also has it, like yeah. a he has a really like small parts collection, which is like really nice, and it was like almost nostalgic. Like sorting it, I was like, oh, I remember when I could have a door <laughs> for like all my curved pieces or something like that, or like all you know. So it was really nice, and he had like more storage like drawers than he had parts. Like he had it separated where like all his like single like studs was like red, orange, yellow. Oh, it was like, and I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, wow. Well, yeah, there's like that. that much space, so it was pretty. It was pretty easy to be fair. Like, is this an empty drawer? What is this? Yeah, I know. Well, so no, he had them all full. He had about four drawers full of just like black two by four bricks, and I was like. Hey, everybody needs black bricks. I was like, why do you need four drawers of this? Just like put it in a bin somewhere else. Just like take back up. So yeah, that was really it was really fun. It took only took like four or five hours. So Oh, okay. Well, I took a break from making videos for about a week. <laughs> so I didn't I didn't do anything. I just kind of spent my days working a lot and watching Vikings. I'm like Ooh. super hooked into that show right now. And I'm like almost done. I think when I'm done, I'll, I'll start doing something. <laughs> but I'm really like entrenched in a TV show. It's on Peacock, I guess. But like, Counts, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've just been like watching television going to the, and like doing work. I haven't really done much as far as social media is concerned, which has been refreshing and, and a nice little break. Yeah, it's nice to get some fresh air, quote unquote, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah, definitely. But speaking of like a mass set of drawers of lego dan how like massive is like the design because you're in a design room right now like how massive is your park collection over there well we actually have two collections in the part in the design room so uh we have a duplicate collection so we have tackle boxes for everything let's just say a file we have flat lateral files so a, a double size you know a four foot wide drawer filled with tackle boxes. That's typically a color, but like colors that are extensive, they'd have two drawers of tackle boxes, like black or gray, dark gray, light gray. Mm-hmm. Um, potentially all the, all the, you know, the main Lego colors would be a whole drawer or two. And I want to say it's about 20 drawers for each collection. So there's, there's my collection and then there's the design room collection. So it's just, I started mine first and then we made a duplicate collection so that the other designers would be able to, you know, I could take my, my tackle boxes into another room and they wouldn't be without bricks. So we were just make, basically have two bricks, two collections. So nice. I don't know, maybe like 400 to 500 tackle boxes. They're like the Plano oh, tackle box. I wish I had one, but you know what? what? Like how do you organize those? It's by the Brickling system, really. Um, so we have it by color first and then it'll be like, okay, here's my bricks, my plain bricks, bin, my plain plates. And then I have modified plate one, which is all the one by modified plates, modified plate two, which is the two buys. Then there's three buys, four buys, um, panels, uh, what is it? Tiles, modified tiles. 
slopes, four different slope pins. You've got steep slopes, 45 slopes, shallow slopes, and then curved slopes. Multiple wow, technic pins. So it's it's all broken down. It gets intricate, oh yeah. God. I think Claire needs to see this. <laughs> I would love it. That sounds really fun. Yeah. Well, I, I love seeing different organization systems and like thought process because like you know, some people organize by part and then by color. It's it's literally a combination of like how your brain works and then like how it has one um, how like what you're producing out of it too, I think. Well it's it's a matter of like being able to go and say, I need this piece, I know exactly where it's gonna be. Right. And and then going fighting. So this is the tackle box. It's these Plano bins. Oh, um, yeah, okay. The dividers in it. So this is... Uh, Those are great. Like, this is plates. This is this is one of my older ones. It's so, like, old and dirty. It's kind of opaque now. You used to be able to see through it. But it's, <laughs> it's also black parts, which makes it hard. But I have these. So this is plates. Imagine I have one of these bins for almost every color of Lego. So about 40 of these just for one-by and two-by plates. But there's another bin for four-by, you know, three-by and above plates. It, it breaks down for every color, everything. So there's a bin. If there's a part, there's a, there's a there's a compartment for it. Though. And it's kind of it's proven efficient, basically. I'm, yeah, you got to you got to be prepared to walk though. So if, if you want a part, <laughs> you're gonna, it, it's such a big collection, you have to go walk to the end of the room to go find. And mixing in exercise with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or if you, if you really want to build something big, grab all the bins you need, stack them up. There you go. Yeah. So like once your sets are done, rendered, ready to like go. The, the the design set needs to be broken down and thrown back in there, right? No, the in fact our our prototype kits are on display at the at the Workmania uh, uh, GHQ store. Ah. So when you, when you walk into one of our stores, you see one of those display models. Yeah, um, typically those are a production model. We'll 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 pull one off the assembly line, which, which is a hand, you know assembly line is 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 kind of a joke, but because we hand make everything. But we'll take one of our actual sets put it together, test build it, make sure all the parts are there. And that becomes one of the display models. But the prototype gets built to the instructions. We wait until we have extra duplicate printed pieces or whatever it needs, minifigs. And then we'll rebuild it. And then it goes on display permanently at GHQ. So sometimes the GHQ store copies will have scratches because the bricks won't be new entirely. They, they, you know, Some of our models stay forever. And we don't like to break things down, essentially because those old pieces you know, they aged age well together, and we don't want to use older bricks in our collection because ah, okay. they, they have sense. different clutch too. Yeah, so, that makes sense. So it's been like almost a year since we last. Well, not necessarily. I saw you like a month and some change ago, but like <laughs> but officially on here, it's been like a year since you've been on here. What has Brickmania done since then? It looks like you've been seriously busy. Yeah, well, uh, we've we've been trying to open stores. I mean, we've been wanting to open stores in the West Coast for years, and, and we, you know, I've been going out there since 2017, 2018, looking at spaces. We were going to do it in 2020, but then COVID got in the way, so uh, oh. that all got pushed off, and. and you know, Brickmania kind of contracted around that time. We we circled our wagons and just tried to keep sets going while the, the lockdown was happening, keep, keep production going. And then once things started getting a little bit more uh, open again, we wanted to pick up where we resumed. So going to, you know, open these stores in California was something that was like, well, it's, this, this might be a realistic time to do it. So I started looking again in the fall uh, at spaces. And uh, we found some spaces, that one space at Miramar, kind of by accident we were looking at someplace downtown in san diego and, and then found this space across the street from the, the, the marine air station it's like oh this is perfect decided to uh, get that store going and as an afterthought started looking at other places in california and found that storefront in vallejo that i absolutely fell in love with decided well let's we'll open two stores at once and, nice. because that sounds easy i mean right, it's also kind of smart because san diego's on the very tip <laughs> <laughs> southern of california right. it is good to kind of at least help out your, your fans who are north of us <laughs> to be able to travel to, you know, Vallejo, California. But how has that process been? It looks like you've been traveling extensively. <laughs> yeah. I mean, part of it, uh, part of the setting up the stores is, is setting, you know, actually physically setting them up, putting the display cases together, uh, you know, hiring staff, of course, and, and, and getting the stores ready to have product put into it. And we learned from experience opening our other stores that you cannot reliably ship a glass display case across the country without it breaking. And, this, and, and I don't know how these this, the shipping companies even survive and, and, the, and the, the companies that make these things because we've had like the same display case shipped from, you know, warehouse A to our store in, in say, Minneapolis like four times. And every time it comes broken, they send another one. And we stopped doing that. It's not because we like driving. It's just like we maybe want to get these stores open on a deadline. Um, so 
I actually twice now we driven out to from Minnesota out to California once with a with a load of display cases and then some more were actually shipped to a warehouse in Nevada where I picked them up. So I just recently did a second trip out to uh, from Sparks, Nevada to Vallejo to San Diego, drop off a dozen of these gigantic 12, six foot tall display cases. I wonder who's been driving more this past year, Claire or Dan? <laughs> For sure, Dan. For sure. What are you talking about? For sure, Dan. I actually haven't driven all that much. I didn't I didn't do the cross-country trip. That was somewhat too much. I did that last year, but we did it just once and stuff. But yeah, no, this is you guys are doing it for business. Very different. No, but it, it is cool to to be, you know, I saw the store already, obviously, but I'm gonna I'll be there this weekend, which we can get into in a second. But it, it is pretty surreal to like come out i can only imagine because i haven't seen it completely open yet but like to walk out with like an osprey for example <laughs> and then see ospreys like literally flying around oh, yeah. by the store that that is uh that must be a pretty cool feeling well i i went i flew out in like december i think to look at the store and met the real estate agent who was representing the the landlord and uh i mean i, I was waiting for him to show up he was late of course i was on time uh, I had to come all the way from Minneapolis to the store. <laughs> he only had to come like 10 minutes, but he was like half an hour late. Just I just stood up on the balcony overlooking the store and you could see the airbase there and you could see all the different aircraft warming up, you know, flying around. I was like, well, this is the perfect location. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, yeah, you're also surrounded by a number of large marine bases. Yep. 29 right. Palms, Camp Pendleton. If anybody's going to drive down California to, to this location, um, you will drive through Camp Pendleton. It's going to be like a range of bare green mountains on the left and then uh, ocean on the right. And you might, yep. you, you'll most likely see some things happening, whether it be Humvees driving around to landing, crafts landing from the ocean to helicopters flying around. It's actually pretty cool. It makes you feel really, really safe. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then, but but a lot of people don't know the two bases that are kind of more inland, like in the desert, Twenty Nine Palms, which is where we do a lot of our desert stuff, and then um, we have Miramar, the air station. So, like the entire Third Marine Air Wing lives there. So, like all Ospreys, all the you know, F 18s like all, everything. Yeah, right, right across the road. In fact, one yeah. of those uh, F eighteen mechanics works at our store. So, oh, that's <laughs> nice. perfect. So, the day, day job is fixing uh, jets for F uh, eighteens, and, and weekend job is 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 uh, slinging kits at uh, Brick Me. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it was a very smart decision. But why Vallejo? I'm just curious. Uh, well, we've been looking at the Bay Area. I mean, they they've been there's a you know a couple of these big mall companies properties. They've been trying to like wine us and dine us to bring us into like you know, some of the more touristy places in the Bay area and LA too. And the, our experience at those mall locations is that it's a lot of tourists. You get a lot of foot traffic, but you don't really sell a lot of your kits and yeah. it frustrates your actual hardcore customers because they have to pay like downtown parking prices or, or have to fight the mall crowds to get to your store. So we've actually made a shift away from those things and trying to get off the beaten path a little bit. All of our other stores are outside of malls or have at least their own parking where you can park outside and, and uh, you not have to fight the usual hordes of, of, of crowds or tourists to get to. I was turned on to Vallejo some, by some friends of mine that, that live in the Bay Area. They just moved out there. They're like, you know, it's everything else is too expensive. Let's get out of out of downtown San Francisco or Oakland or whatever. We'll go, we're going to go to Vallejo. Um, and I went and checked it out. I was like, well, this is actually a, a pretty cool, cool idea. It's not too far-fetched. So Vallejo is like, it's a small town on the north end of the Bay, but it's also the home of Mare Island. Uh, naval shipyard which you know closed 15 20 years ago but still has a huge footprint there there's still it is a still a functioning shipyard there still are some like naval reserve ships and, and museums and, uh, and there's this huge history of the u.s navy being there it's the first shipyard on the west coast of the u.s navy uh, so it's active for 100 years six flags is also there so there's like always yeah. there's like you know there's like a there's always like people moving in and out and there's like a bunch of other like a lot of people, a lot of people live there and there's also yep. like ferry access and stuff like that. So. Yeah. The, the ferry terminal is like three blocks from our store. So you can take a ferry from downtown San Francisco, end up at our store, stop by the Mare Island uh, tap room, the brewery tap room right there, work your way up our street until you're nice and, and, and ready to warmed up and ready to buy a, a huge kit and, and bring it home. <laughs> and the Arizona is currently there, right? The, no, the Missouri. Oh, the Missouri, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, one of the battleships. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Missouri's right. there. The uh, um, We set it up there. I mean, 
that ship is a little bit too big to be built at Mare Island. They, they, they did a lot of stuff in World War II. They built the USS California there, but that was the last big capital ship that was built there. Do you plan on docking them there forever, or are they going to be rotating throughout? They will rotate. Uh, it's just that these stores out in the California, they were, were, were pushing, after we got the GHQ store, it's about 3,000 square feet. We decided that was the sort of the, the plan that we wanted. We can do in-store events, activities, uh, guest builds, guest displays, have lugs do their meetings there and stuff. So the stores in California are both really big. They're both at least 3,000 square feet. Uh, I think Vallejo is like uh, 4,500 square feet. It's big. Mm. It's a big store. So we're going to bring big displays and put them up in our stores. We've had the the Missouri in our store in Minneapolis here for a couple of years now. So we decided we're just going to move it out to California so we don't have a big empty space in the store. And they'll, they'll rotate around. So I'm, I'm working on the USS Macon Island right now, and hopefully that will be docked at um, the Miramar? Miramar store after World War break. So after sometime after June, I'll be driving out there and dropping off a ship. Comple- well. Completed, done, no more, yeah. no more additions to it? No, well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping. What do you see these stores actually doing for Brickmania? Because – uh, you know, when I, when I used to work for Lego, like the point of Le- the Lego store wasn't necessarily to sell Lego. It's it's mm-hmm. to kind of inform the public about the brand and yada, yada, yada. And kind of right. like if, if, if the customer buys Lego, cool. If they don't, they don't. I mean, that attitude kind of shifted recently to actually sell like maybe a year ago since there are so many Lego stores now. But with Brickmania, like being very, you know, small in within the community, like as far as known, like mm-hmm. thought and being a niche thing on the side, I am curious to see like if they are essentially sustainable. Well, the, the, the we have a lot of that sort of like, hey, we're going to control the, the environment that we sell our, our product in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same thing that Lego is doing. Let's just have a store that features our product. Whether or not we actually sell something is, is, is uh, you know, immaterial. Of course, we don't have the deep pockets that Lego does. So we do have to sell some product. Yeah. Um, we, our stores were successful when they were tiny shoe boxes and just sold Brickmania stuff. But the community is, itself is actually much bigger than just Brickmania. So we sell, you know, Eclipse Graphics, we sell other other companies. And, and getting out of these small shoebox stores has allowed us to do that. Um, and we also, you know, we're, we're a toy store when it comes mm-hmm. down to it. So yeah. Brickmania stuff is really expensive. It's toys for like, you know, uh, middle-aged men who drive BMWs. <laughs> this guy. Yeah. Toys are models. We'll say right. models. They're models. They're models. They're, they're, but it still has that toy quality, so kids can relate to it. But kids can't afford a three hundred to, to you know and above hundred dollars set to build, like casually build. So we're starting to bring in other brands, and, and it was just like, hey, let's just make this a toy store. So we have toys for kids of all ages. We're slowly bringing in, you know, this this whole Brickmania brand thing, this historic military stuff. So, of course, that's going to stay. But we're also like, well, let's, let's do stuff that appeals to people that maybe aren't completely focused in on that. So we're, we're slowly bringing in other things as well. And Nerf guns and Colby and then, yeah. you, got, you know, 40K, which I love. So yeah. I'm, I'm happy to see that. How's the, uh, the game shop or games workshop like been panning out for you guys? It's okay. I mean, the, the thing is, it, I mean, it's good. I shouldn't say it's okay. It's, 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 it's been better than I expected, uh, considering how saturated the hobby and game market is. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's sort of like, we, we can't, we can't like ever expect to be, Hey, we're the game source for this entire area. Unless you're Vallejo. Cause then we're the only game place. In <laughs> I mean, in many, in Minneapolis, there's in the twin cities here, there are huge game stores. We'll never be able to compete with on a, you know, on a level that they're playing on, you know, they're, 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 they're stores are as big as our warehouse and comic stores, things like oh, that. So we're, what we basically want to do is make a, a really well-rounded store that when you walk in, there'll be something for everybody. And we're going to start working on even like, uh, we're trying to get like Brio. We're having a hard time uh, getting them to take us seriously, that maybe we're not big enough or they don't want to be selling stuff side by side, but I, I'd like to get some Brio stuff. I'd like to get Playmobil. I'd like to get, and even just like wooden toys, uh, you know, stuffed animals, stuff, it's just stuff that's quality. I think yeah. it should be quality first and, you know, something I would want to play with, something I'd want my kids to play with. I just, I don't want people to leave that because they're disappointed. They came like to the, the Lego store and they couldn't afford anything. So they, they left empty handed. I don't want to, I don't want to be that store. I mean, going back a little bit with the whole game workshop thing, I think it was smart because a lot of there is a another branch of this Lego community that does a lot of modding and painting and the Citadel paints, which Games Workshop 
pretty much uses, I think, uh, yeah. is what a lot of them use. Am I correct? So to have, you know, modders openly come into your store, buy the military stuff, like the brick arm, the little things that they want to break up and stuff like that, right. and then have the paint with them to, to like accessible as well to include like brushes on kind of stuff i thought was a genius move <laughs> when i saw that happen i didn't know if that was intentional or not but i was just like oh okay that kind of you know having having that incorporating the modder the modders in the lego community is it also uh, lets people see that stuff that didn't know about it because like i went to a game shop also i never knew about warhammer and oh, like, 40k and stuff and i had seen it i was like this is kind of interesting, you know. Yeah, man. Like, it, it's 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 pretty serious. Like I got I got a space wolf in front of me. It's like awesome, I, I used yeah. to play this. This was my nerd in in like the uh, high school days when I used to paint these armies on the side. But uh, that's why I was like, oh yes, we're doing. But like, Games Workshop is also opening up a bunch of stores in in LA and local areas. So it, it's good to kind of grab a piece of that too. To to you know help out the store business and stuff like that. But it's also good to know that you're also looking at this as a toy store. And then Brickmania being a piece of that toy store. Right. So Brick Brickmania is our brand. There's going to be people that will yeah. come to see Brickmania in a Brickmania environment. But it's also like, well, while you're here, check out all these other cool, right. cool hobbies. So we're, we're, we want to get, you know, scale models. We want to do, you know, quality stuff. Tommy, uh, there's other brands that I'd like to bring in. It's just, it's just a matter of time. There's only a couple of us here that are actually doing the inventory, stocking the stores. So, um, you know, it's not our, it's not our primary focus at this point. It's, it's sort of a, you know, maybe when we get more stores, we have more clout to to to, <laughs> to, to wield with these companies and say we'll buy a bunch of prop, you know, bunch of bunch of stuff from you guys. I mean, not to change your subject, but would you be open? Because like Lego won't do this, and they won't do, they won't get into like modulars as far as ideas and all that kind of stuff. They like pushed out all the way. Would you do like things for city builders? Like you've done Castle before, and you still do. So what about like city modular buildings? Well, I, I'm not sure. I wouldn't say no. I mean, we do like, uh, we have our own thing, like the, the whole Randoverse, which is actually a modular system that we're yeah, slowly building up. Um, but that's, it, it's sort of a, it, what we have to do is be able to when, commit to doing a set, say, can we sell 50 of this within the first 30 days? Um, because it's it's a huge outlay of cash. You know, we have to buy all the bricks from Lego well in advance or wherever we're getting it, mostly when we're buying from BrickLink. But we, you know, whoever we're paying for is not going to give us the parts on credit and say, hey, we'll pay you back after we sell this stuff. We have mm-hmm. to buy it up front. So we, we try to go with things that we think we can sell 50 copies at least within the first 30 days because that'll that'll help us be able to return the money back into making more stuff. So I, it, there's nothing off the table, but we can go and look at historically what would be the easiest the easiest return for us to make. And that's usually where our money is going to go. And, and right now, it's 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 modern modern uh, military stuff, be it fighter jets or you know armored vehicles or uh, minifigures. And you know, minifigures are probably the easiest thing for us to sell, but they're also the hardest thing to make. So there's so much technology that goes into that printing and the the three D three D sculpted parts, and, and then three D sculpted parts that are then printed. So you know, there's it's not easy for us to ramp up on those those things. Kits are a different matter. We, as long as we have hands to put together sets, we can make kits. So. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And can uh, I know I don't want to like appear that I'm attacking, but I know a lot of people have, have been circling this question for the past like I don't know a couple months. But like the the Brickmania price increase has that been like something to, like you can address? Yeah, mini figures. Yeah, <laughs> and no, just, yeah, mini figures or, or I know the sets make sense because you're you're introducing prints. There's like there's barely any stickering left for the mini figures. That would be kind of cool to kind of. You know, tell the people like why <laughs> why well, things have been getting so expensive. The, the interesting thing about the sets um, is that we haven't actually our, everything we do is a formula, and we have and by percentages we haven't raised percentage. So when we make a set, so like me or one of the other designers that we work with, the in-house people are a little bit more aware of what they're doing as far as buying parts that are relatively cheap. But we used to make a, a point of like, hey, this only use cheap parts. This, this use stuff that that. It's easy to get, or we'll cut some corners. Um, if you notice that some of our older models were a little bit lighter weight, that they weren't as built as sturdy, um, that was intentional. So we, we wouldn't be using such expensive parts or building it so densely. Uh, you know, we hear feedback from you know our, our our biggest critics, and usually the biggest critics are the ones with the biggest wallets. They they'll they'll, they'll, <laughs> they'll, they'll buy a bunch of stuff, they'll build it. Say, I didn't like this, I didn't like this. They'll give you feedback. And a lot of the feedback was build it sturdier, build it, don't, don't cut the corners, do the printing, we'll pay extra. Um, so every printed part is a process. 
every process, we have to put a dollar value on it. So, you know, it's part of that markup formula. We're, we're doing more higher quality kits. There's more parts to it. More parts mean more money. More printing yeah. means more cost. So then we that goes onto the price. And the 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 basic the basic uh, formula that we use for our markup hasn't changed. I think since 2010. So we're on 12 years with our same markup. Um, it's just the number of processes we're doing uh, is is gone up. So like let's say we do a figure. It's a good example of why a figure that used to cost $25 now costs $35. We're doing a heck of a lot more to get those figures. So let's say, uh, you know, 10 years ago, we would make 100, but not 10, five years ago, we'd make 100 of a figure at a time. We could probably find 100 blank torsos. Don't have to buff them or anything like that. But nowadays, we're making it such vast quantities that we, we, we've already bought out all the cheap supplies of figure parts. We've already bought all of them. The, the blank figures. Now we have to go buy other figures that cost more. Maybe a figure that cost us a dollar last year cost us two dollars or two dollars and fifty cents. Then we have to take that same figure. Now we have to buff the printing on it that Lego has put on it. So that's another process. We charge. We have to figure that into our our cost. So that's a process. And then let's say we used to print just the front and the back of the torso, um, and we could print the legs and the, and the back of the leg from the back of the legs together at the same time. Sometimes even put the head on it and print all that at once. Now we're printing all those things individually, separately, and then we're printing the sides of the legs under the arms. You have to take the arms off, print the arms, put them back on. And so we're like, well, it's it's if each of those are a process, each of those are going to cost money. If we have to pay somebody to do it and it takes time, um, you know, one of our one of our full printed minifigs, uh, I think we can probably make 200 to 300 in a day with having our full crew working on it. So we can't even make more than like. Maybe with all of our all of our equipment running at full speed, we could probably do two thousand minifigs in a week. Uh, that's wow. that's that's twelve hours a day printing. I mean, so I just got the uh, well, uh, what's her? I'm gonna go restrain from saying her real name, but her. Okay. When I was looking at her, and I, I guess I failed to kind of really appreciate this in the past, but the three hundred sixty degree printing around the head, mm-hmm. like I would presume that takes a lot of work. Well, we actually have a printer attachment. It's like works like a hot dog roller, so you can put cylinders yes. in it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, but it's it's uh, horizontal. Like, say when you go to like Seven Eleven and they got the hot dogs warming up. Yeah, it. so we make a put a bunch of heads together into a cylinder, and then we could it'll as as it moves through the printer, it actually turns, it rotates the the cylinder. So, but it's super slow. We can do like ten heads at a time. And about every 15 or 20 minutes, somebody's got to go over there and put another 10 heads in it, hit the go button. And we can only print like maybe two to 300 a day. It takes that long. So we can't do that in every figure. And if we were to buy that, that, that particular attachment for all of our printers, and we have to get the, the certain printers that can do it, not all, not all these printers that we use can do it. That's like a $5,000 attachment added onto a $45,000 printer. <laughs> so. And that yeah, answers yeah. the question right there to why your minifigures have been going up. Yeah. Well, and it, it, it's just, they're improving. And yeah. people are asking, hey, can you print on the inside of the legs too? And I'm like, no, <laughs> that's, that's another process that are already expensive enough. <laughs> Man, well, it, it, they are coming out well. And um, in relation to minifigures, not to change the subject, but we've done a lot for the whole Ukrainian war thing. So how much have you guys raised so far? I think as of yesterday, the official count was 53,000, just north of 53,000. Right. Um, but that's as of yesterday. It's actually as of the day before yesterday because we have to wait till the end of the end of a day to, to do a tally. So I, I haven't figured out what it is today. Tomorrow is another release day. So we'll probably be significantly more by the end of the week. So it, it seems like we're going up about $10,000 a week. Nice. Uh, and and your goal for this is to like push out until the F, until the war is over. Or I don't <laughs> well, know how people, it, are, people are stop they stop buying this stuff. So the the figures are more expensive because the first batch we release, we're like we're just going to give a cut that would be if the, the, the approximate like what we would pay in a royalty or what we would do, and they're like that's not enough money. We're not raising enough money fast enough. Mm-hmm. So we decided to start padding on extra dollars. We can, we can't afford to just print. You know this there's, there's a I got a whole you know payroll of people we got to pay uh, they're not going to come in here for 40 hours a week and work for volunteering uh, or volunteer their work so we have to pay everybody so we do have certain fixed costs so we just said okay well we'll cover all of our costs we'll make sure that that we're not losing money uh, and then we can take all the excess and then that's all donated so we actually raise the prices on some of them. The, the figures are between 50 and 60 dollars now 
Yeah. Um, some of the artwork we're getting, some of the stuff has been donated. Um, we've been recycling a lot of stuff. So, you know, fortunately we have a, a, an extensive library, but of, of artwork that we can pull from, but, you know, we've never done Ukrainians before. So a lot of this, this equipment that we're using, it's either Russian or it's maybe some sort of unique special item. And poor Landon has to research it and draw it. All. <laughs> cool, yeah. And then we've done some other figures. I mean, it's, it's kind of just making up stuff as we go. But of course, not everybody's going to sit in here and work for free on this. I, we still have to do the, the, the there's a the labor cost. Yeah, no, I mean, it entirely makes sense. Like, not to throw like um, Joan here, but with, with Citizen Brick, like he upcharged his figs significantly and no one batted an eye. Basically. No. Yeah, no one batted an eye. But with, when you guys do it, there's <laughs> criticism. Well, of course. I, I mean, there was people that were mad that we wouldn't be transparent about our, our pricing. Like, well, I, I don't want to do that because there's already so much speculation about what we do and, and, and ideas about what our stuff costs and, and, and people that are uneducated, you know, a lot of teenagers don't know anything about really running a business and, and what uh, that, 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 that entails. And, and when you're dealing with regulation, dealing with taxing and, and, and Just overhead in general, <laughs> right. And we're not paying our, our employees minimum wage. It's, it's, these are skilled workers and, and we're not exploiting people. We're not buying, uh, you know, sweatshop parts, <laughs> you know, it's, it's all the real deal. So, and we, we consider what we put out as, uh, to be a work of art. And if you're expecting a work of art to be really, really inexpensive, then you, maybe you need to be buying copies, not the real thing. Get the reprints. So, but the, the Joe, Joe had a really unique, I, I love what he was able to do. He, he, he made a, you know, his first batch, of, it was probably like a hundred, 150, you know, paying for it with part, you know, using parts he probably already had in his inventory and just doing it. And then that got picked up by the media. I think it was picked up by an official Ukrainian website. So he yeah. decided he was going to pull out the stops and do whatever he could to, to make more. And, and he kind of rode the wave of publicity and did a, I mean, an amazing job. He raised, you know, so much money in a short period of time. It's, it's, it's kind of incredible. He, he was probably able to turn like raw materials worth like five to $6,000 into $140,000. That's, that's amazing. Nice. Um, no, I, yeah. No, shout out to him for that. Do that. I mean, we can't do that with kids. Just there's, they're too no, involved, too expensive. No, but like, I remember him also posting up, um, like a, after the figs sold out for him, like yeah. somebody was already trying to sling it on eBay for like, oh, yeah. <laughs> a dumb amount of money for and he was just like really like this is not no one buy from this person right now i will make more <laughs> yeah and, it's the same thing has happened to us there was yeah. our, our our figures were going for like 300 400 on on ebay and we're like we're just going to keep making them so don't don't be fooled um we, we do have more of everything in the pipeline um and there's more new stuff coming out we just we don't have an endless supply, but as long as people are still interested and we can, we can tack on some extra money. We'll just, you know, for specifically for benefit purposes. Um, and I, I think we're going to exclude them from sales. And we, I, 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 I feel weird about offering stuff for sale. I, I did a little test coupon this weekend and said, Hey, if you, if you take, I'll give you this coupon and in exchange for this coupon, if you make a donation to the, to, you know, to the, to the fund for the money you're saving, that would be great. Um, I had 25 takers in the coupon and I don't, I think a single one of them, maybe, maybe one or two actually donated the difference. Um, so I'm not going to ever do that again. So not, <laughs> there's not going to be any discount for the benefit stuff. <laughs> no um, yeah. why, why, why would you do that in, in relation to minifigures and, uh, and criticism? We haven't been seeing like real bad publicity against brick mania within the past year. At least um, I've been oblivious to it, or maybe I just stopped caring <laughs> so um so That's much but key. you've done some things that are pretty new within this year you've brought in new people into yeah. into the design team and how do you think that's been playing out as far as your stance in the community well we we had a, a very public and i think misunderstood uh, separation between you know brick mania and one of our designers and i think perhaps the silence of that person not not speaking out Kind of encourage speculation about oh there's you know something's rotten at Brick Mania if this person's leaving, so that that, that fed some of the community trolls. We kind of just didn't didn't want to address it, and that I think it made it even worse. But what we did do is we did hire you know and even before that we had a, another another designer come on Mary, and then we've had some of the other people from the Brick Mania team that were sort of in the background uh, pulled them into the design team. Um, they were natural natural fit, and, and it was time to add some add some new blood. 
um, they weren't really new blood for us because they already worked here, but they, they were, they were people that were like ready to go. They, they were designers in the wings and uh, pulled like Brennan and Nate in. That was a really good thing. But more importantly, we opened up, started talking to some of the people in the community and said, Hey, we like your designs. I really want to put one of your things out. You're, you guys are doing what I would like to be doing. Um, can we just put out your kit as a brick mania or your design as a brick mania kit and started reaching out to some, some community designers. And um, that really took off. That was actually a hugely popular because, and it took a lot of the wind out of the sales of the design, you know, the, the, the critics that were saying, Hey, you guys don't, you know, you think you're so, so special and you can, you can, you know, dictate what the community is building or you're the only people that know how to build stuff. And, um, these sort of unfounded criticisms. And I was like, well, let's just have the community build. And if people are into it, we'll just keep doing it. We're like on our second year now of, of having uh, outside designers. In fact, we're just kind of inundated with, with people throwing ideas and stuff at us. And I finally had to say, Hey, there's a process. We'll come find you. Hang on. You know, don't, don't just keep, keep, keep offering me ideas. Um, so all the, all the designs we have coming out in 2020, the year 2022 were actually designs that we agreed upon with our design team uh, last year. <clears throat> and then sometime at the end of this year, we'll start working on what we're going to do for 2023. Some of those will be the, from the community. Some will be from the Brickmania design team. But we want to, we want to have like a, a bridge uh, to the community, have, have designers from other countries, you know, designers from, you know, other hemispheres, other continents. Um, so Asian designers, European designers, uh, Latin American designers. So it's it's all going to happen. Uh, it's just a matter of time. <laughs> it's, it's smart because I've been seeing all these other designers who have a, a little community amongst themselves and some of them larger communities amongst themselves, all like specialize in their own thing, like ASAP. Like he does, you know, uh, stop motion, but he, you know, right. he's pretty big in, in the modding world. So like, you know, having them participate into this it, it creates it expands your community's like foothold like right. yeah they also bring their their viewership they bring their their crowd which is really cool plus it encourages them to keep going just the acknowledgement like oh dang yeah My yeah so that's cool we're specialized we can turn a, an idea into a kit you, you can't approach Lego. I mean, you can, they have this ideas thing, but it's by the time they, they get through your set, it's not even the same thing you submitted. Yeah. Um, we, we are actually like, Hey, we can go from idea to kit in two months and we can interact with a community that, you know, we can throw a bridge out there to a different community, a different builder, different ideas, different ways of doing things, even maybe subject matter we wouldn't have considered. So right. um, we have people sending us ideas for everything from medieval to modern military to, to civilian stuff. And, you know, we, we, we took community ideas for like, Hey, what are we going to do for like, let's just say, uh, you know, black American, you know, history or uh, women's history, something like that. And we took all kinds of community ideas and we made them into a reality. And this was based on feedback we had gotten from, you know, not my, my, all the employees at Brickmania and all the community that, that that's out there. So we just took, we would consider the, the best ideas or, or something that we could actually do without getting sued or, or pants sued off of us <laughs> for IP purposes. We'll just, we'll go ahead and do this. What do you see Brickman and moving forward to in the next year? Cause you did a lot already in a year's time. And now that the vid is kind of like chill outing as far as what we could actually do now, right? we have World War Brick coming up. World War Brick. So we have the stores, we have the two grand openings of the store. So this Saturday is, is the, 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 the grand opening in Miramar. Saturday after that, which would be the 16th of, of April, that's the, the uh, Mare Island grand opening. And then we have, we're going to be expanding our store in Virginia. We're moving like 100 feet down, like 200 feet down the block into a new storefront that's like massive. It's like a eight, six or six or 7,000 square foot store. Like right, right next to the convention. Like- Directly next to Brick Fair Virginia. Yeah, is that going to be? Is the move going to be done by the time Brick Fair Virginia? Opens? Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's. We should have the construction done by the end of April. So we're right around the first of May, going to drive out with a whole bunch of glass display cases, of course, and uh, um, set up that store, move it, um, and then to Minneapolis for World War Brick, which will be the mid- early, early, early June. Then we cra- we grab a whole van load of people. We're going to drive to Chicago and participate in our first Brick. Brickworld Chicago um, mm-hmm. following weekend. So like a bunch of us designers are going to go 
hang out. And, and the funny thing is, and it's like Brickmania's staff are going to be there on vacation in their own, you know, they're there on their own anyway. So we will have a, a huge number of Brickmania staff members there. Some of us in official capacity, some of us in, in our like a full capacity, you know, our, our, our civilian non-Brickmania, non-work, <laughs> non-work capacity. Uh, and then we'll do some event at the, at the Chicago store. Uh, and then of course, August is Brick Fair, Virginia. So we're going to have some big hullabaloo grand opening at uh, that store. Uh, and each store is going to get its own like two pack of custom figures uh, that will be exclusive to the store. So we, we're, we're doing two at the, the instructors. Um, if you know anything about Miramar, you might be able to figure out what the instructors are, but they will be available at the, the, the Miramar grand opening. Have a, a, a two pack of figures. The commanders will be uh, um, available at the, the Mare Island opening. And then we'll have Chicago, all the events will get their own figure packs, and you'll have to. Is, is it all related to the same theme? To the same? No, no. You know? it's, it's it's usually related to the ge- geographic location. Okay, yeah, I'll I'll we're going to be at we're going to be at three of those, and Shy's also going to be at three of those. That's so exciting. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have to figure something out from GHQ. We don't we don't know yet what we're going to do for that. So yeah, now I really have to go to Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Virginia's worth going to. I mean, it's. It, it, it's a it's a different vibe than Brickworld Chicago. They're both awesome events. Um, yeah, and it's, I, I different, it's a different crowd. Yeah, I, I definitely. Maybe, I mean, I'm already spending a grip load going to uh, take my family to both two, two conventions within two weeks. But we if it's in the card, go find me. Got me to Virginia. Yeah. Well, we gotta get we gotta get some more commercial success for this Kelly Brick. Uh, Brick. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. I mean, we love doing it. We we get to talk to like different people every week, yeah. you know, within or without the community. Like, it's pretty dope. Yeah. Well, there's there's other bloggers out there that are that are they're 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 getting sponsored. They're they're making their way, uh, doing fun things. I, I I hear that uh our, our the 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 Beyond the Brick guys are in Dubai right now checking out a Lego store. They're Lego. <laughs> Good job. (laughs) So we we asked them when they were on here, like, would you want Lego to touch military? (laughs) And they they publicly said, well, although it would be cool, we do not want to put Brick Mania out of business. (laughs) Good for them. (laughs) Which in in agreement, I I, I do support that answer because I would feel the same way. And I already know Lego wouldn't do it justice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Not the way you guys do it. They'll scale down an Osprey. (laughs) Well, fill it up. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't. I don't know. I I could. I don't want to speak ill any ill will about Lego, but they are a toy company, and they Mm. they're 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 price point driven. Yeah, of course. Right. If if they were able to do like add military to their like sort of a full line, you know, their their you know high end creator sets, I think they could do a decent job on it. I think they would. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, Which this is more for Ninja and Claire. Would you guys pay more? for printed pieces in a lego set we already do if, if it were to ha- like right yeah. now all the speed champion sets are 20 dollars a piece would you spend 28 dollars if they were all printed pieces as opposed to stickers? yeah yeah Damn, that's that's tough because i don't know i don't put the stickers on mine so <laughs> then i don't have that option like that's tough you already know I, it looks dope with the stickers though so like if they were printed i get yeah see i see where you're coming from though yeah i, I would pay for prints over stickers Especially if you're like, let's say you were to invest into like the Millennium Falcon yeah. as a, or like Diagon Alley for you Harry Potter fans who had sticker sheets upon sticker sheets upon sticker sheets. Like, would you spend another 150 to $200 for just prints for all those pieces? You're already spending $500. I don't not like stickers. Like, I think stickers are great. They add a lot of variety. I They're fun for mock building. Like, I, I'm a... F- I'm not like, anti-sticker, so I don't know if I'm the right person to ask. <laughs> I think it depends on what your purpose of buying that set is. So yeah. uh, right. if you're buying one set to per- permanently put on display and that's all you care about is I'm building, you know, I, I bought this, you know, jet fighter and I'm only going to build the jet fighter and it's going to go on a stand and it's going to go in my glass display case alongside my, you know, expensive China. I would want the printing. Yeah. If I was exactly. If I was buying a set that I could just go down to the you know the Lego store or Target or, or Walmart and buy ten of these things, I would be really pissed if all the pieces were printed because right. then it, it, it makes it less versatile for me to you exactly. know I'll build one and then now I want like a whole bunch of window pieces, but every window piece now has a printing on it right. instead yeah. of a sticker. Yeah, I would so, definitely affect the mocking. Yeah. So definitely. if 
if I were to buy a Brickmania kit, I guess yeah, I would want I would want prints because it's going to be on display, right? Yeah. yeah it's also like at a certain price point it's a different product you're building like it, it's yeah it's like if you're viewing it as art or if you're viewing it as like more of a final model you're not using you're not viewing it as like like the build experience i mean yeah the build experience is obviously right. part of it but it's not it's not the same it's not this, exactly these things aren't being sold to be taken apart and like make other all no. built with them you know so it's like yeah exactly. so for yeah. like the millennium falcon or like the atat or something like that like you would be okay to pay more. I would pay more, yeah. Well, we do that. Like the modulars don't have print or don't have stickers anymore. They are print. They're printed. They are. They are. They are made to to still be played with. Like you can take the levels off and like put figures on display and stuff. But they are, you know, very much like an adult-driven thing. Like the Falcon doesn't. The Falcon and the ATAT. Those big things don't make any sense to me to have stickers. But do they have stickers? No, I just well they do for the plates, but I mean not oh, necessarily. Okay. It's just a you know more of a what if type of question, like maybe the Titanic yeah. or something. Something that's obviously meant to be displayed. Most of like my Brickmania sets, like my kids do not play with those. Not because I say don't play with them; it's just they they're not attracted to them whatsoever. They'll go to the city, destroy that thing like Godzilla, and then you know I have to go bricklink pieces to get the Ninjago City back in order. But like you know the the, the military stuff, I don't. I don't ever break down unless I'm putting it back right into the box. It's like the only thing that I will break down, put it in its box, and leave it there. As opposed to all the Lego sets, I toss out all the boxes, I, talk, I toss out all the instructions. I have no intention of like destroying it until my kids destroy it, and then it goes into the parts bit. But then some people, do, like when I had fewer Lego sets, I was very much like, this is a model, and I kept the figures with the thing. I kept every extra piece with it. You know, a lot of people do do that. So yeah. I don't know, each their own, but like I think it makes sense to like, I think we are already, we're already paying like the, the cost for prints is included in the Lego set. It's like, it's, or in the brick mania kit. It's like, it's part of it. It's just, well, it if, makes sense. if you're buying a Lego set, the, the, the average price for the Lego set is going to be the parts in there, like f- between five and 15 cents, depending on the, the theme and, and the set. Um, and that's a, that's sort of a fixed price. You expect that that price point when you're buying a brick mania set, sometimes the price is over 50 cents apart. You're not buying it because it's a good parts pack. You're buying it because you want to build that final model. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's, it's a totally different. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we pretty much hit everything we were going to talk about relatively quickly, but since we're towards the end of it, uh, is there anything you want to plug in for the company coming up? I know you just mentioned some of it, but if any last words for the stores sure. coming up events on any of that jazz. We do. We do have on, on on Saturday the ninth. We're definitely gonna. That's tomorrow. When you, if you're if you're hearing this as the day it comes out, we are having our grand opening in in uh, Miramar. Um, so that's uh, let's see the address seventy three forty Miramar Road. Um, I should know this by now. I've sent so many packages there. Um, <laughs> been there so many times. It's going to be ten a.m. opening time. If you want to get some of the limited edition figures, come early. There's going to be specials. Uh, I think it's like you can get like a. 20% off of a Brickmania kit over $100 or more, which is, can be a significant amount of money if you're mm-hmm. buying one of our top yeah. shelf kits. Yep. Um, there will be some, there will be actually some some site-wide specials that whole week too, uh, kind of like our grand opening spring sale, but uh, that's that's definitely going to happen. There's The store is really stocked up and has a lot of stuff that's sold out on, online. <clears throat> we, we started saving and started putting inventory aside for these stores back in December. So we, there's a lot of things that you're just not going to be able to buy online or sold out, out of production uh, in our stores. Um, the, the following Saturday is the same thing happening at Mare Island. There'll be a bunch of, I should mention, there'll be a bunch of Brickmania designers out there. I'll be there. Uh, Lando will be there. Mary will be there. John Canepa, uh, just, you know, some of the celebrities and then the people that actually make the behind the scenes of brick media work will be there too. So, um, you know, some of our, some of our, uh, you know, operations people will be there. And then the mayor Island, same thing, the following Saturday, the 16th, that's at 10 AM. If you really want to be there for something fun, we're having a ribbon cutting with the mayor of Vallejo at 9 AM. So an hour before the nice. official opening, we'll be, we'll be cutting a giant ribbon with those huge pairs of scissors. Um, nice. Yeah, we haven't done that since we opened up our Mall of America store and the, the local Chamber of Commerce showed up. <laughs> <laughs> Can we look forward to anything else coming up within the next couple months as far as events? And you just oh, World War Brick—that's our event. That's that's I think it's it's June like the tenth, 
11, 12. The weekend like before Father's Day. Yeah. It's the weekend before Father's Day because every Father's Day is Brickworld, Chicago. And we, we've accidentally put Brick World War Brick on the same weekend as Brickworld in the past. We try not to do that. We try oh. to at least do it at least a week before. Um, so yeah, we'll be, we'll be, that's for us. It'll be like a, a, a week and a half long event because we'll have people coming in from out of town. Some of our designers from Europe, like ASAP, will be coming in for World War Brick. Um, and Jasta, uh, Andrea, uh, will be coming in Simon from the UK. Um, I, I, you know, I, people are still like, Hey, I'm going to show up anyway. Like I'm, I'm coming. So it's going to be like a big cast of characters. George be will be party. in town. It's yeah, it'll, it'll be. And if people haven't been to world, we haven't done a world war brick in Minneapolis since 2016. Um, the neighborhood has changed. There is like tap rooms and tasting. There's a, there's a, right down the hall from us, there's actually a distillery. So it's, well, it's like, not rough anymore. <laughs> it, it, it never was really that rough, but, you used to have to walk to go somewhere. And now it's like, I mean, you have to walk far or have to drive to go to get like, you know, decent food. Now there's stuff, you're walking distance. The, the neighborhood has totally changed. So. All right, cool. Well, thanks again for hopping on another episode of Cali Bricklick. Nice thanks to have you having. officially on the channel now. now. Mm-hmm. But, and welcome to the West Coast. And welcome yeah. to the West Coast. Exactly. Yeah, I, live somewhere and buy something when you Yeah, well, I, I, I plan on being on the West Coast a lot. My, my, we're, I'm from Minnesota. I wasn't born here, but I've lived here all my life. My wife was born here. She's done with Minnesota. So, uh, and it's not because Minnesota sucks. It's just because if you've been here at in February or January or February or March, it is cold. And if you're affected by seasonal, you know, weather and all that stuff, it's not a place. Oh to be. man, uh, you are moving to San Diego. I see it now. That is like literally the best weather in the whole world. I loved yeah. it. It was like yeah. warm in December. I know yeah, you're like, no. what is this? Yeah, no, it's been, that's been a dream of mine since I was a teenager. So yeah. um, now, I, now I have an excuse. Nice. <laughs> yes, there'll be the West Coast Brickmania's West Coast Design Bureau uh, will be popping yes. up somewhere. I'll somewhere I don't know if I can afford San Diego, but somewhere on the West Coast. Hey, anyone on the West Coast, I'll just be knocking door to chill. So yeah. <laughs> there'll be a huge collection to come and play with. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said, does anyone have any final words before we say peace? No. All right, then let's roll that music, guys. Thank you again. Peace. Thank you. Right, that was good. That was good. I was, I was hoping to address some stuff like that. I knew people would ask me. Oh, good, good. I think there's a lot of misconceptions, especially about our pricing.